Into the Word of God here this evening. We're going to be in the book of Genesis, book of Genesis chapter 32. Book of Genesis chapter 32. We're going to begin there about, uh, about verse 22. I'm going to try to make my way down to verse 32. Genesis chapter 32. And we're going to begin there in verse 22. <clears throat> this portion of Scripture, uh, where we're at right now in, uh, in this section... We see that Jacob, he has made his way back home and he's about to face his brother Esau. And it seems that his past sins, of course, he's worried about and concerned about that they may be coming back to haunt him. And so he's got some things. He's got a lot of worry and perhaps maybe anxiety, if that's what you want to call it, on his way back. So what he decides to do is he decides to split up his family because he's not sure exactly how his brother's going to feel whenever they meet. And so that's what he's been doing in the process of the chapter 32. As we get to verse 22, we see that uh, he splits his family up once again. And as he does that, he finds himself left alone there in verse 23. And as we begin there in verse 22, I've entitled this message tonight, Wrestling All Night. Wrestling all night. How many of you have ever found yourself wrestling all night, tossing to and fro, going back from one side to the other? Uh, I tell you what. Sometimes you, you ever you ever you wrestle all night long, and you look at the clock, and you're looking at it, and you're thinking, "I got to get up here in a minute." And you wonder if any time throughout that night you're ever going to find a place, that, a moment where you can actually fall asleep. But you go from this side, and you go from this side. You go from this side to this side. You lay on your back, you lay on your stomach, you lay on this side, you lay on this side. And it seems like all night long, that's just, uh, that's just your story. And, uh, and you're just wrestling all night long with perhaps maybe just different things, lots of things going on in your mind, maybe just or, or wrestling in your spirit. Uh, this just kind of got you in a place where you just can't find the sleep and the rest that you need. Well, here in our text here tonight, we're going to see a man that's kind of the same way. A man by the name of Jacob. Now, his name means trickster and deceiver. And up to this point, he has really lived up to his name. I mean, he has done a lot of that. But he is uh, turning his life around. And here in verse 22, let's begin there. We'll make our way down. I want to give you some truths here tonight. I think it'll help you as we think about wrestling all night. The Bible says in verse 22, And he rose up that night, and he took two wives and, his, and two women servants and his eleven sons, and, and passed over the ford Jabbok. Now, word Jabbok there means he will empty. He will empty. Jabbok means he will empty. We find himself uh, at this place where he sends his family over Jabbok. Verse 23, the Bible says he took them and sent them over the brook uh, and sent over that he had. And of course, when he sent the rest of his family over the brook, we see that he was, in essence, empty. He had nothing else. Everything that he had was gone, and now he was just there alone. And you know what? That's kind of what sin does, too. It has a way of emptying us and uh, really of not, not feeling like that we have anything left. And so here he was. He's, he's afraid. He's got a lot that's going on through his heart and his mind. He's really wrestling in his spirit that little does he know that he is actually fixing to be in the wrestling match of his life that he has no, no idea that's actually coming. But we see he sends his family across to Jabbok, and, uh, and that word Jabbok means he will empty, and that's exactly what God was doing. You know, sometimes God's got to bring us to a place, I think, where we will 
completely empty ourselves of ourselves so that we can be full of him. Because listen, it's kind of hard to fill two things. It's kind of hard to fill a vessel up with two things at the same time. Listen, if we live a life that is so filled up with our own selves, how can we leave any room there for God to fill up? Listen, we, we can't fill a vessel up with two things and, 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 and God have the preeminence. And so we have to empty ourselves and that's exactly what we see God doing. Now he was emptying, he was emptying Jacob of the things that he had. Jacob, to bring Jacob to this place, I, I think we can see to where he would be alone. Now here, let's take a look at it in verse 23. The Bible says, and he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. In verse 24, and Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Now we look in verse 24, and somewhere between verse 23 and verse 24, what we see is, is, Jacob there is at the nighttime. He's seen his family on up ahead. He is there now all alone. He's there by himself. And imagine this. And somewhere between verse 23 and 24, the Bible says that this man, just that this man just comes up and, uh, and then just starts wrestling with him. And then he wrestles with him the whole night long. Now you imagine yourself, and you put yourself in, uh, in, uh, in Jacob's position. You have just sent your family over to your knowledge. You're all by yourself. To your knowledge, everything is. Uh, to your knowledge, that you are you are alone. To your knowledge, that there is uh, uh, that there is no one around. And then all of a sudden, what happens is is somebody just attacks you there in the middle of the night, and you have no idea what's going on, and you find yourself just wrestling and wrestling and wrestling and wrestling. Now put yourself in that position, and you can kind of almost kind of see. Uh, maybe Jacob, well, I mean, uh, how, uh, yeah, how Jacob was feeling at that moment as he was wrestling someone that, of course, I think in the beginning that he had no idea who they were. The Bible says that Jacob was left alone and there he wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. So, you know, sometimes I believe that, as I said, God has to bring us to this place where we will empty ourselves of ourselves, bring us to a place where we'll be all alone. Now think about it. He was all alone. He was in the dark. There was nobody there. And now he finds himself wrestling with a stranger who just came up upon him. He has no idea who this man is. And he wrestles and he wrestles and he wrestles. And this man will not leave him alone. He will not, he will not let loose. He will not leave him alone. But he keeps wrestling and he keeps fighting and he keeps wrestling and he keeps fighting. He will not let Jacob Go. And because of this, of course, Jacob, he is fending for his life. And so he, of course, is trying to get the upper hand. He is fighting with everything that he's got. And we can see here, I think, in the text, the Bible says, as he wrestled all night long, there in verse 24, he wrestled this man until the breaking of the day. Which brings us to our first truth, as I want us to see about Jacob, as I want us to see his exhaustion. His exhaustion. Now, because I tell you what, when we wrestle all night long, we find ourselves in that morning uh, having partly not slept all night and we are exhausted in our life. And not only do we get exhausted because of the wrestling in our spirit, not only do we get exhausted because of these types of things in our life, but listen, sometimes there are things that God is really speaking to our hearts about and he's trying to lead us in a certain direction, but we find ourselves wrestling with God about these things that God's trying to uh, uh, 
uh, bring to us in life or trying to show us. And so we just wrestle with God about it. And, and we see that Jacob, he wrestled all night until the breaking of the day and he was exhausted in his spirit. I don't know about you, but I've been exhausted in my spirit before. How many of you have ever been that way here tonight? You thought, man, I'll tell you what, I have just, I've been exhausted in my spirit. I have tossed to and fro. I have uh, been on one side of the bed to the other. I've gotten up and walked the house all night and, and, I've, and I've just gotten up and I've prayed and walked throughout the house and just prayed and prayed and prayed. And we can see there in verse 24 that he wrestled a man. He had no idea, I believe, who it was there in the beginning and he wrestled him, the Bible says, until the breaking of the day. And we see that Jacob was exhausted and, and sometimes... I believe, as I said, I believe God has to bring us to this place where he wrestles us and wrestles us and wrestles us until he can bring us to a place where we will exhaust ourselves, exhaust our strength so that we will see and understand that, listen, God is trying to work in our life. But sometimes we just have, sometimes we just fight against God. Sometimes we just war against the Lord in our, in our heart and in our spirit. And, you know, God's knocking on the door of our heart and the Holy Spirit of the Lord is trying to work in our lives. But we will fight against God and we will wrestle against God. And, and we can see that Jacob is, in essence, doing that. God, God's desire was to get Jacob to a place where he could wear Jacob out. Because Jacob, he was a man. He was, uh, as I said, his name means trickster and deceiver. He was one that was used to getting the upper hand on everybody else. Well, now he was at this place where he, in essence, met his match. And God was trying to get him to a place where he would wear himself out. Because God had a plan where God needed Jacob to be. A place that he needed Jacob to get to. But in order for him to get there, he was going to have to wear him out a little bit. He was going to have to wear him down some. And so, as we move forward, we can see not only his exhaustion. But let's take a look there in verse 25. The Bible says that when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. So there in verse 25, we can see that as he is wrestling in this exhaustion, he is wrestling all night. Not only do we see his exhaustion, but we also see his experience. God's desire for, God's desire for Jacob uh, God's desire for Jacob was uh, was to bring him to a place of was to bring him to a place of blessing. Listen, God's desire isn't to hurt us here tonight. His desire isn't to uh, isn't to put us into a uh, into a place of submission so that He can just hold us there and keep us there. No, God's desire. Listen, as I said, sometimes He may have to bring us, get us alone, so, because that's the only place that He can deal with us. Sometimes He may have to exhaust us throughout the night because that is the only time that we will fully give ourselves over to him. Sometimes he may have to do this in our life, but God's desire was for Jacob to succeed. But in order for Jacob to succeed, he was going to have to empty himself just like he sent his family over the Jabbok. And the Bible says, uh, and, and, and the word Jabbok means he will empty. That's exactly what God was trying to do to Jacob. He was trying to empty his life so that he can be blessed by him. But in order for God to bless him, he was going to have to exhaust him and put him into a place where he will lift up his hand up towards God and grab a hold of the Lord, which we're going to see here in a minute, in essence, beg God not to leave. Can you imagine wrapping your arms around, wrapping your arms around, uh, around the Lord and, and begging God not to leave? And that's where he needed Jacob to be. That's the place he needed him to be. But in order to get him there, he was going to have to wear him out that night. 
So we can see his exhaustion, but we see his experience there in verse 25. The Bible shows us that when he saw that he prevailed not against him, well, this man that was wrestling against Jacob, you see, this man who, of course, the incarnate, the, the incarnate Lord, wasn't that God could not defeat Jacob. That's not the purpose. The purpose is not to defeat Jacob. The purpose is to get Jacob to where God needs him to be. It's not to defeat Jacob. It's to get Jacob to a place where he can work with him, where he can talk to him, where he can, uh, where he can uh, uh, feel him, where he can bless him, where he can get Jacob to a place where he would desire not to let the Lord go. And that's what we see there in verse 25. The Bible says, And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hallow of his thigh. And so we see this, uh, uh, this incarnate Christ, this angel perhaps, you want to call it that, uh, was wrestling with Jacob. God was wrestling with Jacob. And the Bible says, and he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And I'm just going to tell you this tonight as well, that sometimes we wrestle in our exhaustion. Uh, and, and in this experience, we find out that uh, sometimes we end up uh, wrestling in pain. Because there in verse 25, we see that as he wrestled throughout the night, that we see that God, in essence, touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh, and he, in essence, put it out of joint. And he, and, but Jacob still continued to wrestle against God. And so we can see that, that Jacob, when there was, he was wrestling throughout the night, that God had this... This God, God wanted to touch him in, a, in, a, in his thigh. And when God touched him in his thigh, you read down, down throughout the text, and it was like the sinew, as the Bible says, uh, the sinew shrank. He, he pushed it out of joint. Uh, and, and even after this whole encounter, we see that when it was all over, that Jacob walked around with a limp. He walked around with a limp. Listen, sometimes it may be that God may have to bring us to a place where we are empty ourselves. He may have to bring us to a place where we will become broken. Listen, not not because God doesn't like us, not because the Lord doesn't love us, but that is exactly the opposite. Because sometimes, listen, we will when, when we when we get to this place, we are so when we were so broken. That is when we lift up our hand and say, "God, I need to help." It is only when we ever we get into the pit that we begin to look up and see, listen, that I need God. And sometimes we use God, as they say, as like the spare tire. We only get Him out whenever we need Him. And God needed Him to get to a place where He would look up to Him and call out to Him and hold on to Him. But in order for that to happen, Jacob was going to have to empty himself of himself. God was going to have to exhaust him in his life. And God was going to have to touch him and break him in some places in order to get him to where he needed him to be. Because listen, sometimes we can be so, so proud and sometimes we can be so boastful about ourselves, And sometimes we can get, our, our, uh, get to a place in our life. We say, well, I, I'm going to be all right. I don't need God and I don't have to keep going. And I don't have to go to church. And I, listen, I don't need to be a Christian. And listen, we, we can make up all these different things are the reasons why that I don't need God. And then God comes along and he says, well, just let me show you how much you need me, you know. Just let me work on this a little bit. I'll just touch this right here. I'll just touch this right here. I'll just touch this right here. And sometimes God may have to touch you and break something. Sometimes God may have to get you to a place of submission before some people will ever lift their hand up and grab a hold of God. For some people will ever say and cry out how much they really need him. Listen, the whole purpose 
isn't for God to hurt a man because he doesn't like a man. It's exactly the opposite. God's idea is to bring a man to a place where he'll see his need for God because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so we can see here in, in the Word of God, the Bible says uh, in verse 24 that Jacob was left alone. He wrestled there a man until the breaking of the day. And so we can see his exhaustion. But in his exhaustion, he had this experience. And this experience was, was that the man he wrestled was God himself and God touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Sometimes God may have, as I said, put you in a place where you are broken. And we can see with, this, with his brokenness, he was still wrestling in the dark. In his brokenness, he was still, uh, he, he was in pain, still there by himself, still there alone, wrestling with the Lord. And God had a purpose in that. He fought in his pain. He was hurt in the process and was broken. But there in verse 26, the Bible says, the Bible says, and he, took, and he said, let me go. This is, uh, this is the, uh, the angel, the Lord speaking uh, as he's wrestling with Jacob. He says, let me go. Now, let me ask you this now. Is it, is it, is it that God needed Jacob to let him go? Is it, that God, is, it that, is it that Jacob had so much strength that as he grabbed a hold of God, that God says, man, can you let me go? You're overpowering me. Is that, is, that, is, that, is that what we think is going on? Absolutely not. What we see here is, as I said, God bringing Jacob to this place where he was broken and exhausted for the purpose of getting Jacob to see how much he needed him. Because sometimes the only place will, the only time that we will lift up our hands towards God, the only time that we'll lift up our voice towards God or lift up our eyes towards God is when we get in the very pit itself or when we become broken ourselves. And so notice what happens there in verse 26. The Bible says, he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And what did Jacob say? He said, listen now, watch this now. Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Somewhere, somewhere throughout the night, and I doubted it was at first, but somewhere throughout the night he learned that he was wrestling with God because he asked for a blessing. Somewhere throughout the night, but as they began to wrestle and as the day was coming up, as the day began to break forth, he began to realize that he wasn't just wrestling with just any man, that he was actually wrestling with the Lord himself. He was wrestling against God, but it wasn't that he was overpowering God, but it was God trying to get him, as I said, to the place where he would see his need for God. And so he tells Jacob, he says, just let me go. Just let me go. I mean, you know, you don't, you don't have to keep wrestling like this. I tell you what, if you don't want to live for me and you want to keep being Jacob, if you want to keep being the deceiver, then I tell you what, I'll ju you, you just let me go and you can just go on. And what did Jacob see? Well, what did Jacob say? Well, I'll tell you what, by this time, he, he was there in verse 26. The Bible says, he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. God had, got, God had brought Jacob 
Jacob to this place where he had said, you know what? I've been fighting, I've been wrestling, I've been fighting, I've been wrestling, and I don't want to be the same kind of deceiver, Jacob. I don't want to keep being this trickster, Jacob. I want my life to be different. I want my life to be changed, and I don't want to keep living like this, and I want better for myself, and I want better for my family. I done sent him over the Jacob, uh, over the Jabbok uh, River, and, and they're empty, and I'm empty. I don't have anything, and I'm tired of, I'm tired of feeling like this, and I don't want to lead my family into this. And, and so God had finally got him into this place where he could empty him, where he can break him, where he could exhaust him to get Jacob to the point to where he would in essence say, in essence, wrap his arms around God and say, I don't want to let you go. Think about that. He broke him to the point, crippled him to the point, exhausted him to the point to where he would wrap his arms around God and say, I don't want to let you go. I want you to bless me. I'm not going to stop until you bless me. I'm not going to stop until you change my life. I'm going to hang on to you until something changes. I'm going to hang on to you until something, until something's different. I'm going to hang on to you. I'm going to, I'm going to keep my arms wrapped around you. I'm going to do everything I can to hang on to you, Lord, until you fill me up with yourself. There in verse 27, verse 26, the Bible says, he says, let me go for the day breaketh. We see his exhaustion. We see his experience. In verse 26, we see his exception. Not letting go until you bless me. You see, the thing is, is that God never wanted Jacob to let him go. He never wanted Jacob to let him go. Now we understand that him wrestling with God in this physical fashion, yes, at some point he was going to have to let him go. But spiritually speaking, God needed God was trying to bring Jacob to the place where he would understand that, listen, I don't want you to let me go, and I don't want to let you go. I want you to follow me. I want to direct you in your life. I want to help you in your life. I want to guide you in your life. But Jacob had been so full of himself, tricks, uh, tricking and deceiving folks. That's what he was used to doing. He had always been on the upper hand and now here he is, he's coming home and he's facing, uh, he's, he's about to face his brother, you know, and, and, and he's not exactly sure what's going to happen. So he splits his family up and now he finds himself empty. And so here we can see what the result of sin does. It leaves you broken. It leaves you separated. It leaves you feeling alone. And God needed him to know that in these moments that listen, I know you, I, listen, I know how you've lived. I know the things that you've done. Listen, I know your name means deceiver. I know your, your name means trickster. But I just want you to know, man, I love you. I, 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 I'm here for you. And I, I, I desire for you to follow me. And God was trying to bring him to a place to where he could see, to Jacob could see in his life that he needed to hang on to God and not let go. And if it meant crippling him, if it meant breaking him, if it meant exhausting him to get Jacob to a place where he would see that he needed God, then God was willing to do it because God's love for him was far stronger. God's desire for him to follow him was far greater. And God did not want to leave him alone and nor did 
And he wanted Jacob to be in a place where he would feel the same. And so there in verse 26, when God said, let me go there in essence, for the day breaketh, he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And we think about what is it that we may be perhaps wrestling with at night. What is it, but not just throughout the night hours, but listen, we don't just wrestle at night, but we can be restless throughout the day. I mean, not just over the night period, but even throughout the day, we can have a, a restless spirit where we are you know, we are just, in essence, wrestling against God. Or God's knocking on the door of our heart to try to you know, talk to us about some certain things, but, uh, but we're just wrestling against God about it. And God is exhausting us to get us to a place where he can work with us. Heard a man say a long time ago, we can never be too small for God to use, but we can always be too big. And sometimes God just has to bring us down to a place to where he can work with us. And if it means breaking us and if it means exhausting us to do that, he will. And there in verse 27, the Bible says he said to him, he said to him, what is thy name? So as they're wrestling together and Jacob says, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. The Lord there, he says to Jacob, he says to him, what is thy name? So we look there in verse 27, and this is going to be the edification truth. And verse 27, when God, when God said to Jacob, what is thy name? What is, was it that God didn't know what Jacob's name was? Of course not. Isn't, don't that remind you of the very same thing that God did to Adam whenever they were, when he was walking in the cool of the day and the sin had separated them between him and God and, and God went walking down through the garden and he called out and he said, and he said to Adam, he says, where art thou? Was it that God didn't know where Adam was? No. What was the truth that we was trying to see there is that he needed Adam to see where Adam was. He needed Adam to see where his, where his sin had brought him. He needed Adam to see that his sin had separated fellowship. He needed Adam to see the position that he was in now. So whenever he was wrestling, whenever Jacob was wrestling against the Lord, and Jacob and, and, and God had in essence broken him and exhausted him in his life, and, and he got him to this place where he would wrap his arms around in essence God and say, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. That I imagine that tendered the heart of God so much because that's that's exactly what he wanted to hear. It's exactly what he wanted. And so when he says to Jacob, he says, what is thy name? You want me to bless you? Because, listen, you want me to bless the deceiver? You want me to bless the trickster? Listen, if you're going to follow me and I'm going to be your God, something's going to have to change. Something's going to have to be different. You can't keep living this life and you can't keep going this way and you can't keep resisting me and you can't keep fighting against that which you know is right. Something needs to change. And he had got Jacob to this place where he was ready to change. And so he says, well, what is thy name? The idea is for Jacob to see and understand, yes, this is who I am. It's like a, it's like, it's like a state of repentance, so to speak. Yes, I'm the trickster. Yes, I'm the deceiver. Yes, this is who I am. And there in verse and there in verse 28, he said, Thy name shall be no more called Jacob, but Israel. 
And what is Israel? What does Israel mean? The name Israel means prevails with God. Prevails with God. So now I'm going to change your name from the, from the trickster and the deceiver to a man who is now going to let me be the God of their life to a man who has now wrapped his arms around me and says, God, I don't want to let you go. Because in order for God to lead him and guide him and direct him in his life, that's exactly where he needed Jacob to be. In a place where he would wrap his arms around God and say, God, I don't want to let you go. And, I, and for listen, for every single one of us in our Christian life, if we, get our, if we would get ourselves to this place or we would wrap our arms around God and say God I don't want to let you go I want you to be the Lord of my life and I want you to guide I want you to direct I want you to help and I want you to feel then maybe perhaps there would be maybe less times where God might have to touch the hollow of our thigh and not bring us maybe sometimes to a place of submission where we would just say God my life is yours but he needed Jacob to be at a place where he would wrap his arms around God and say, I don't want to let you go. It's exactly where he needed Jacob to be. And he says, well, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. He knew that he was the one that was the trickster and deceiver. But God there in verse 28, he says, thy name shall be no more Jacob. I'm going to bring a change to your life. You are going to be different from henceforth. You are no longer now going to be known as the deceiver and the trickster. But now you are going to be known as the one that prevails with God. And why is that? Because you don't want to let me go. Because you want me to be the Lord of your life. And now you are going to be completely different. You're going to walk in a different way. You're going to be a different person. You're going to be one who prevails with God. And Jacob, there in verse 29, he says, uh, and Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. He wanted to know the name of God. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? In other words, do you really need to ask? <laughs> do you really need to ask who I am? You know who I am. You know who I am. I'm not just some man that just walked up to you to wrestle with you in the middle of the night. I'm the mighty God of heaven. And I come down here to get your attention because I want you to follow me. I have a plan for your life. I can see that you're afraid. I can see that you feel empty. I can see that it seems like in your sight that your sins, that you're about to answer for your sins, you have no idea what your brother is about to do. And the sins of all your trickery and the sins of all your deceit, it seems, are about to bear fruit right in front of you. And he was so afraid that he split his whole family up twice and sat there alone in the middle of the dark. And God had finally gotten to this place where he could deal with him. And God exhausted him throughout the night. God broke him throughout the night to bring him to a place where he would wrap his arms around God and say, Lord, I don't want to let you go. And that's exactly what God wanted. So we ask ourselves here this evening as we wrestle, if we're wrestling tonight, what are we wrestling? 
Is it something with sin that we are wrestling with God about? Is it that God is trying to get us to confess? Or is it something that a direction that God is trying to move in our life, but we're just wrestling with God about it? And There's a whole host of different things it could be. But what are we wrestling with in our life? As we get ready to close, the Bible says there in verse 30, And Jacob called the name of the place Penel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And Jacob understood there in verse 30 who it was that he met that night. And there in verse 31, the Bible says, And he passed over Penuel. As he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him. And look at this now. And he halted upon his thigh. It seems like for a while, maybe perhaps throughout his life, that this moment right here was something that he never forgot. Because as he walked, he limped on that one side. And every time and every day as he walked, he never forgot how God had to break him to bring him to a place where he would follow him. But even though God had to break his thigh, even though God had to touch him in such a way to where he now limped, perhaps for the duration, he wanted to grab a hold of God and never let go. Because he understood that the reason why God did this is because God loved him so much. The Bible shows us there in verse 32 as we get ready to close. The Bible says, Therefore the children of Israel, watch this now, Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. In verse 32, what we see is, is the animals that they ate and the sacrifices that they made, they cut out the hips. Would never have, they would never eat them and never have nothing to do with them because that was the place that God touched and had to break. So they would sacrifice the rest, cut out this part and set it off to the side because that was the part that God touched and broke. So as we get ready to leave here tonight and we just think about our own personal lives, what are we wrestling against tonight? And what is it God's trying to get our attention about in our life? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this night. Lord, I thank you for giving Jacob another chance. And God, I'm thankful that you have given me many. And I'm sure here tonight, all of us here, we would all say how thankful we are that God has stood by his eternal truth that he would never leave us nor forsake us. I'm thankful, and I'm sure all of us here tonight are thankful for the, the chances that God gives us every day. We understand that we're an imperfect people trying to serve a perfect God. And the Bible says He knows our frame that we are but dust. And we pray here tonight that as we serve the Lord in our life and as we live our Christian life, that we would live it in such a way that we would be like Jacob, wrapping our arms around God with a desire to never let go. To wrestle with God for blessings. To say, God, I'm not going to let go until you, until you bless. 
There could be folks that are here tonight and they're wrestling with things in life. Maybe there's things that's happening, things that's going on. And you're not going to quit and you're not going to give up and you're exhausted and you're tired and you feel broken. But you're going to wrestle and you're going to wrestle and you're going to wrestle and you're, gonna, you're not going to let go of God until he answers. And as we get ready to leave here this evening, as the piano plays, and we're going to just open up the altar here tonight. And I don't know what it is that you maybe have going on in your life. But I can tell you this, all of us here tonight have things that we wrestle with. We may all have things here tonight that we're praying about that we really need God's, we really need God's help in. Sometimes this process can be painful. Sometimes it's not always easy. Especially when our hearts can be lifted up with pride and we can be full of our own selves. And we resist God in our life. But maybe it is that God's just trying to bring us to this place where we just won't let him go. There are so many things of this world that we latch on to and grab a hold of in our life. And in the midst of it all, I believe God desires in our heart for us for his people. That when we latch on to him, that we would get to this place in our life and we love God so much that we refuse to even let go. You could be battling and struggling here this evening, whatever it is. I'm thankful here tonight. God is faithful. I'm thankful that God's purpose, even in the midst of breaking, is not to put us in bondage, but to bring us to a place of blessing. Sometimes in that process, it could be hard. Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. It's exactly what God wanted.
It could be that you're here this evening. Maybe you don't know Christ. Maybe the Lord's been knocking on the door of your heart about salvation. And here you are tonight in the house of God. And God desires for you to know that He loves you. And that He sent His only begotten Son to die on that cross for your sins and for mine. Because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And it might just be that you find yourself sitting here tonight saying, do I know that I know? Do I know I'm on my way to heaven? If there's any doubt whatsoever in a man's mind of his eternity, there is no greater time and no greater opportunity than you have tonight to get that settled. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe if you're here tonight and you would say, Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm not sure if I'd go to heaven. Nobody looking but me and the Lord, but would you slip your hand up here tonight? Preacher, if I died today, I'm not sure if I'd go to heaven where I have never accepted Christ as my Savior. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here tonight. Looking forward to a good week. Pray that God blesses the week. It's been a good day. And uh, we're looking forward to what the Lord has for us this week. Looking forward to Wednesday already. Uh, continue to remember the folks, of course, on our prayer page. Lift them up. And um, I'm sure they'd appreciate that. Always in remembrance. Continue to pray for our country, our nation, and everything that's going on around in the world. Uh, continue to pray for Israel as well. Uh, and just everything that's happening over there. Uh, our, our people, as uh, we've sent folks over there too. And I'm not exactly sure how many are over in Israel now. I think somewhere around 20,000, I guess, if you include all the ships and stuff too. Uh, but anyway, it's just a lot of a lot that's going on over there. So just pray that God will help them, and um, let's just uh, let's be dismissed in prayer tonight. Father, we thank you so much for this day. God, it has been enjoyable, uh, Lord, and great to be in your house, uh, Lord. This morning, and then all the good times that we had after the service today, Lord, our church just playing kickball together. Lord, what a blessing that was, and to come back in here tonight, and Lord, to sing, and Lord, to let you speak to our hearts once again through your word. I, I'm so thankful for this day. I'm thankful for a church, uh, Lord, that uh, loves each other. I'm thankful for a church that loves their pastor and, their, and his family. Uh, and his all month, Lord, has just uh, demonstrated their love for us. And we are so grateful and thankful for that. Lord, I pray that you'd bless our night tonight as we get ready to leave. I pray, God, you'd wrap your arms around every vehicle, every car. God, that you'd get us home safely tonight. That, Lord, you would use us this week. For your will, that you would help us this week to be a witness, that you'd help us, God, to be a light. Uh, Lord, that you'd help us to be a people of truth, that you would help us to exemplify you in our life by the way we speak and the way we act, and Lord, just our life in general. Lord, help us to be a light. Lord, we look forward to Wednesday night and pray for your blessings upon that as well. We thank you for all that you've done. Look forward to what you're going to continue to do. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.